The following episode contains mature themes, sexual content, and good times, just so you know what to look forward to. Welcome to Between the Sheets, a part of the Coming Together podcast where we give you a little something-something extra in between chapters of the Ufajam Chronicles. I'm your host, Tanya Tutits, and joining me are Sodome Velvet and Chairwoman Elizabeth Barrett Boning. And today, we will be continuing Erotica, colon, an erotic tale, from buttfuck nowhere to buttfuck everywhere, the predecessor of the Ouvre Jambe Chronicles. So, how are both of you? I'm good. Yeah. I'm excited that we're doing this. I feel like it was on, like on my mind to read this eventually mm-hmm. for the podcast. And I'm, I'm happy that we're like, we've talked about it. Like ar- we've talked around it during yeah. the like mainline episodes, but I like, mm-hmm. I think it's like, it, it's an important piece of this podcast. Cause it, like, it wouldn't have happened without this ridiculous unfinished novella. Yeah, absolutely. It also is like, so similar but so different in that Mm. they both are erotic novels that don't take themselves very seriously but this one is like such a different genre and voice and it is so ridiculous like reading the last chapter was like put me in a headspace where I was like wow I forgot how like absurd this novella is Mm -hmm. but it's also part it's it's absurd in such a different way because we're so like overt in Magnolia's story, but this one's just like I think it's because like like Magnolia's story is like a fanciful romp through time and space, whereas this one is like the world is silly and doesn't make sense. And it was during a time where like every lie that makes up our society was being exposed in real time in such a like an intense way that I feel like yeah. of course we were writing this way. We're like it's it's not not taking the world seriously in like a reclaiming it kind of way like in Magnolia's story this is like poking fun at the world as a way to cope with trauma maybe like I don't want to like put too much onto this story and like rehash the pandemic like early pandemic but I do think that's this was kind of a way to like write about society in a way that like man, fuck society. Fuck all the, you know, like views yeah. is a publication marketing firm that, and sharp notes, coffee and, and Drek and, you know, yeah. <laughs> like all these things that make up a society are like fake and stupid. And we prioritize those things over like safety and health. So quickly. Yeah, no, exactly. I love that. It's like, so, it, it is reminiscent of a time at which we were really thinking about that, but it's so, it's obviously so relevant more now than ever. Obviously it just gets increasingly relevant not to get like so cerebral, cerebral about what is like just a fun activity, but it is like obviously something that's on our mind and informs how we write, but it's also just like, so it's like the ridiculousness of it in how predictable and like how formulaic this ridiculous world is. Mm-hmm. But then when we put it in and then we're like, now she's fucking all the time. It's like this like backdrop of like hedonism. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, like not 
a liberatory form of hedonism, like with Magnolia. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. there's like there's a different yeah. there's a different political intention with like okay, whatever politics, blah. But like everything is political, right? So there's a political intention with Magnolia's story that is very different from this one. This one, yeah. And I don't think we were very clear on what the political uh, intention of this was. I think we we're just making fun of society. We were having a good time. We were writing an unlikable character. Um, we were parodying society. But with Magnolia, I think it's like it's much more like how do we write a version of history and of the world that is freeing, is beautiful, like invests in like relationships and those human connections. Like that's the most important part of humans existing, not Mm -hmm. achievements, not technology, not big men doing big things, but like, Mm -hmm. that's what makes us human. Sorry. That's really cerebral, but I do think it's there. I love that you said that because that is exactly what the difference is. Like this one is poking fun at a fucked up world satirically, like through satire as a form of art. The Mm. other one is fantasy slash sci-fi. I guess not sci-fi. No, it's sci-fi. Time travel is sci-fi, I think. Whatever. Ish. But yeah, like basically those genres have always like, historically and to this day have been an escape from the current world or like rewriting the world, whatever, all that stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. Versus um, this, like this one is more poking fun at the world through the world, like through that same world by just like, you know, holding up a magnifying glass to its flaws. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, (laughs) On that note, (laughs) let's get fucking. (laughs) Get busy. Let's get busy. Let's do it. (laughs) I just want to remind everyone that chapter one was a whisper at twilight. And now, today, we will be reading chapter two, a gasp at midday. I love it. If I'm not mistaken, every chapter is at like a particular time of day for some reason. Good names. I'm just looking through them again and it only gets better. As it should. Absolutely. I think I looked up every single word for like that denotes a time of day and just like had a checklist. So good. (laughs) All right. Here we go. Chapter two, a gasp at midday. I barreled through the glass doors, letting the spring breeze wash over me. I looked down at my phone, my thumb hovering over Spencer's name. Losing myself for a moment, I imagined sitting on her angelic face. I snapped out of it, scrolling up instead to find Dirk's name. The dial tone drawled longer than I would have liked. I needed some comfort right now. I felt my heartbeat finally slow when his familiar voice answered. Who wants to read Dirk's bio? I can. Okay. Nice. His name is Dirk Scutwell. He's 24 years old. His pronouns are he, him. His dick size, 9.7 inches. Jesus. That's like actually could be a problem. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say, that sounds like a no goal for me, but um, you do you, Sasha. You do him. 
Um, his profession is he runs an LGBTQIA2S homeless youth shelter. His rating is he is a lion among men. Mm. And his bio, Dirk is a sensitive soul who, simply put, likes to have a good time. His hobbies include shot putting, doing drink, <laughs> cuddling, and shoving cock up his ass. Oh. As Sasha's gay and black best friend, he is supportive, flamboyant, and insatiable. Dirk gives his heart and his soul to his community by looking after at-risk queer youth of the city. His dream job would be to be the tokenistic gay black member of a corporate board, but he admits getting to that point sounds like a lot of work. Oh my god. Wow. I forgot about all of these parts of his character. So that's like that's a lot of satire. That's a lot. That's those are a lot of layers because Wow. Yeah, I mean it also says a lot about Sasha. It says a lot about her social class. Mm-hmm. It says a lot about class privilege as a whole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. a lot going on there. But it's it's metafictional as well because like there's always a gay best friend or a or a black best friend and he's exactly. both you know he's like he's that token it's, it's like ooh. yeah i think that things. it's good that we're explaining that because we <laughs> there's some grace to be had there it's yep. yeah i think <laughs> i don't I, because we didn't finish it i don't think we get into it much outside of the bio I, I think he's just but it's like I think it was just an inside joke because of what you said. The, the metafictional, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Oof. Like, of course, Sasha would. Yeah, it, it's really an indictment on Sasha. But like, it is, and on the genre, and on literary fiction as a whole. I think I was thinking of the, um, you know, the, I don't know if you saw it, the Netflix uh, trilogy, A Christmas Prince. Oh my gosh, yes. She's a yes. white lady journalist who falls in love with the prince of like, mm-hmm. I don't know, Ald- Aldovia or whatever, some made up European country. Um, mm-hmm. And she has a gay coworker best friend and a black best friend. Classic. And they're so like stereotypical. And I think that's the energy I was channeling when I yeah. thought of Dirk. And I was just like, oh, it's so like ticking boxes and sad. It is, yeah. Yikes. Well, here we go. <laughs> oh, um, okay. Well, with, with that further ado, I guess I'll play <laughs> Dirk. Sash, are you there? So the interview... He continued. It didn't go great. I said, my attention snapping into place. I think I screwed up. Did she screw up or did she screw? Mm, we'll never know. <laughs> Time on you gave could be abnormal. Yeah. yeah, I think I screwed up. Everything just happened so fast. I thought I was ready. There was just so much going on. I felt distracted. The receptionist was super hot. Omg, you're like inside my head. I can't even begin to describe how hot she was. She gave me her number. Yes, girl. I could hear his whole body laughing. Oh, I guess I was supposed to be laughing. Whatever. Oh. <laughs> wasn't wasn't a total loss then. 
Let's make up for the rest of it and get wasted tonight. Oh Meet me God. at Bar Temptation at 10. Bar Temptation, of course. I also just need to ask because I don't feel that she messed that interview up super badly. Yeah. All of a sudden she's coming out being like, oh, it was horrible, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm not. Maybe it's because she was overwhelmed by emotion. Yeah, that's true. I think to defend the text, I do think we go back and explore what happened in the interview. I think we're supposed to be a little like, oh, what did happen? Yeah. Oh, because it was 20 minute time break. Yeah. I could be wrong. I haven't read this in three years, but. Let's trust the process. This yeah. is an inside look into art. <laughs> yep. Cool creative art. <laughs> exactly. Let's go to Bar Temptation for now. Mm-hmm. I'll be there. God, I needed this. I tossed my phone into my purse, already feeling lighter. The world was my oyster and the city was the pearl. That's a great line. <laughs> <laughs> When I arrived at my apartment, I noticed that the door was ajar. My heart shuddered to a halt. I tried not to make a sound pushing it open. Had I forgotten to close it when I'd left? Hopefully the cat hadn't escaped. I held the pointy ends of my keys up in front of me, ready for action. As I tiptoed around the corner into the kitchen, I saw a sandy-haired man hunched over the stove, his broad, muscular black blah blah. I saw a sandy-haired man hunched over the stove, his broad, muscular back glistening with sweat. I gasped. The man turned to look at me, seemingly undeterred by my panic. Liam? He looked me up and down, his gaze hesitating at my chest. I've oh, played a lot of characters. I think, yeah. Liz, Liz. Yeah. yeah. What happened to you? <laughs> Yes, perfect. No notes. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> he gestured at my open blouse. It's still open. You know what? Of course. Free, of free course the it is. Of course it is. Also, do we have a character description for Liam? Oh, yes, we, we do. do. We do. And he, his, his image is not sandy haired, but that's okay. It is not. not but that's fine. Okay. Uh, name Liam Basil? Basil? Anyway, B A S A L. Age 26, pronouns he, him, dick size, seven and a half inches of slender goodness. <laughs> Profession, leech on society. That, that will become clear later. <laughs> Rating, hot asshole. Bio, Sasha's landlord is just as hot as he is unbearable. He has a history of fooling around with his tenants, Sasha included, but don't be fooled. He's just a convenient plaything, often seen strutting shirtless around the building, carrying a hammer and screwdriver. Who the fuck does this guy think he is? Anyway, sorry. (laughs) Carrying a hammer and screwdriver. He makes one wonder, are the only tools the one on this guy's belt? Amazing. (laughs) Also, his picture is hot. It just doesn't match. He's hot. Like, that's that's not a problem. That's not what we're disputing here. He's terrible. Yeah. (laughs) But... He's not Hunter Hot. Exactly. No. He's a, yeah, he's also a landlord who did not give her 24-hour notice. And it's just yeah, like showing in her yeah. apartment, which is... Yep. 
I opened my mouth to answer, then realized that I should be the one asking questions. I tucked a loose hair behind my ear. None of your business. What the hell are you doing in my apartment? Where's your shirt? He smirked. Technically, you're in my apartment, aren't you? He's... (laughs) Before I could cut in... Yeah, truly. (laughs) Before I could cut in, he went on. Anyway... Not like it's something you haven't seen before. <laughs> <laughs> this is great character work. <laughs> I rolled my eyes. That smug bastard. He would have the audacity to bring up how we'd hooked up after he'd helped me move in before I knew he was the building owner's son. I As mean, he's irri- nice enough guy if he's helping her move in, right? I mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hashtag not all landlords. Hashtag not all. Some landlords take your rent money every month and help you move in. And Mm -hmm. fuck you. Probably discount. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Her dad's paying her rent. It might just be. Might just be for fun. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. As irritating as he was, I had to admit that he looked good. He was just the right amount of sweaty, where the sunlight bounced off his toned body. I bit my lip, thinking back to that night. Looking at his chiseled jaw and strong hands, I realized he was exactly what I needed just then. Dropping my purse on the island, I softened my gaze and stepped forward, closing the space between us. I grazed my finger down his chest and abs, stopping just before I got to his cock. He looked down at me, pleased with himself, and I felt him harden against my thigh. Sometimes it was just too easy. He dropped the wrench he was holding, and with it, any semblance of ever having been fixing a stove that I couldn't remember having been broken. But what oh, good was Well, that's that? even worse. He's, like, <laughs> even worse now. He's, like, breaking shit to have an excuse to come in. Fuck this guy. And this Sorry. And Sasha's character so much as well, because she's not even, like, she could have opened with, hey, my stove is not broken. <laughs> Yeah, but she was like, nah. She is totally fine with this fantasy. Straight the fucking. <sighs> oh, 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 okay, but um, it's important for the listeners to know that I believe Tanya wrote this part. Which I is... did. I forgot that I wrote it, and I was yeah. like, that's a pretty good line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's this is a good scene, but like, I, I want I want the listeners to know that Tanya writes wow. good part. Thank you for that. I feel, I'm I'm gonna wait until the end to see if I'm proud of it, but like, thank you. <laughs> I liked that line though, so I, I appreciate the opportunity. Um, but what good was logic when I had a hot man in front of me? I reached for his ass, but before I could make contact, Liam grabbed my hips and lifted me onto the countertop. In a flurry of buttons and belt buckles, we ripped each other's clothes off. With one fluid motion, he slid the fabric of my underwear to the side and slipped two fingers inside me. She I said t- she wasn't wearing underwear before. Oh, whoops. <laughs> Doesn't matter. She puts them on in the meantime. Yeah, exactly. She got right. way too wet with the whole yeah. Hunter, Spencer, everything, Dean. She, you know, she keeps a pair. Yeah, yeah she can spare half of one in her bag. <laughs> I tighten. I tightened my grip around his shoulders, challenging him to go further. He looked at me, eyes hungry with desire. I couldn't wait any longer. I wrapped my hand around his dick and thrust it inside me. 
Sasha. <laughs> okay. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm sorry. And it's the Oscar goes so to <laughs> So good. He whispered my name, and his breath against my ear sent a wave of electricity right down to my toes. One of his hands slid to the nape of my neck and tangled into my hair, pulling hard, blurring the line between pain and pleasure. His other hand kneaded my breast, stopping every so often to pinch my nipple, drawing a moan from deep inside of me. I wrapped my legs around his waist and drew him in deeper, urging him to thrust harder and faster. I felt the familiar tension building in my lower belly, my nails digging into his back as he brought me to the brink of orgasm. Liam, I breathed, my muscles tightening around him as I came. I held on to him as if he were a mountain, screaming between gasps of pleasure. Soon after, he withdrew his slender penis, spread me across the counter, and released his cum all over my body. Released. <laughs> Unable to stand, he lowered himself to the floor. <laughs> I was done in by this experience. Yeah. What? We both lay there, heaving in time with each other. Stillness set in as sweat and semen wafted through the air. Mm. After a few moments, our panting subsided. Well, Liam said with his fuckboy spelled with an yeah. I, grin. Your stove is fixed. You should be good to go. He started putting his pants back on, his tight ass vanishing from view. I grabbed a washcloth from the drawer and mopped up all that he'd left on my breasts. Of course, he would just walk away. <laughs> He's like, I'm done here. <laughs> I don't remember my stove ever being been broken, but I needed that. I stood up and covered myself with a towel. Anytime. You know where I live. He gestured upwards with his head and smiled again. This is the last time, I said firmly. Never again. That's what you said last time, too. He headed for the door. Until next time. I felt furious, but then thought about how wobbly my legs felt and the anger drifted away. Why do I do this to myself? I thought. Because you're insecure, Sasha. Yeah. <laughs> also, I want to go back and just point out that there was, in this chapter, a gasp at midday. Oh, there was. Oh, there was. was, there, was there, there was a whisper at twilight in the last one, too. There was. <laughs> oh, my God. Well written. So good. This titties. So good. I want to. I want to discuss some stuff for, for like it. a couple minutes. Please. This is this is really interesting. Like to go back and and see and like read this and think about how much I've changed. Like I would never write this today. <gasps> you know what? Wait, no. I want to hear from Liz first. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I kind of agree. I was like. I don't know. I feel like this was like my my knee jerk reaction way of writing a character back in the day, mm-hmm. and I could write something similar now, but it would have to be like you know it would take more forethought and like I don't know that I would as readily want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
I, I also just feel like it's a little edgy in a way that works sometimes and doesn't. And mm -hmm. I just feel like I wouldn't, it's not what I would want to write now, you yeah. know? Right. What we're writing with the Ouvrejambe Chronicles is a lot closer to the kind of like healing, regenerative mm -hmm. story that I'm interested in and like mm -hmm. interested in like embodying. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like I need more of that in my life because everything else is so soul sucking. Mm -hmm. And this is like leaning into the soul sucking thing and being like, yeah, being satirical, trying to be a little edgy and like mm -hmm. it feels bad in the way that like like you mentioned a Bojack Horseman episode can feel bad. Mm -hmm. And yeah. yeah, it's more just like critiquing without any without offering any like hope of something better. Ex exactly. It's just like, okay, Dirk is that gay black best friend. So what? You know? Yeah. Like now I wouldn't write that. It's not yeah. like the joke isn't funny enough. It's just kind of like, wow, things suck. And like, yeah, yeah. these types of people have been in these like ancillary roles in media. Mm -hmm. And what are we doing with that? That's it. Like, we're not doing anything with that. So like yeah. now, you know, like what's Dirk's story? Yeah. Yeah. It's like we're trying to like poke fun at things without really like properly doing it or. Yeah. And I feel like I just have like, that's fine. I'm not like, oh, this text sucks and we were terrible three, mm -hmm. four years ago. I don't, it's not, I'm not saying that. I'm just like, I don't have as much time for this. You know, that's what I. Mm -hmm. yeah. I yeah. think I really love that reflection because it is true. And also, I think just in general, it brings up the difference between satire and fantasy, right? And like how mm -hmm. fantasy allows us to open up those worlds and like create mm -hmm. new healing worlds. Um, and that's so wonderful in such a different way. And there's almost like, is it catharsis? I don't know. But there's some sort of release of anger in satire, but mm -hmm. it feels less generative than yeah. fantasy, which what we're doing with Magnolia feels a lot more generative in like yeah. a generates healing. And I really like that. Yeah. Um, and I think like, yeah, I think for me too, I'm. It, it's like reading this again, I'm like, this is unhinged and I love it. Like mm -hmm. it is chaotic and I love it. Um, but it feels different for sure. Like it puts me in a different headspace for sure. And it is interesting to like also go back and be like, wow, we've like grown as people. And also like for me personally to read this chapter that like, that like having written this, because yeah, I have Were you proud of it? It was well written. I, I think so. Like, yeah. I think I was, it was definitely shorter. And I have like, I have like constructive criticisms for myself. Like, I think that I can tell I wrote it in how long a lot of my, like, because I have in general, a very academic style of writing, even when I'm writing fiction, which is why I want to like be practicing my fiction writing more. I feel like my voice isn't as consistent with the two of yours. When we read both of your chapters, it feels for sure like it's written by the same person, but being someone who is in this process, I don't know if like an outside person would be able to tell this, and if our listeners are actually engaging with us on social media, I would love to hear, yeah. could you tell? <laughs> because, well, because chapter chapter one was me you, and yeah. Liz. Or yeah. Did you yeah, write some of it? Sure. Yeah, it was I know, I know you wrote the interview part for sure. Mm -hmm. I may have yeah. written the beginning. I can't remember. I think you or, did write the beginning because I, I remember. Yeah. 
Yeah, I remember you writing it and I was like, oh shit, like it's happening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. And yeah. that's the thing. I'm like, as I read this, I'm like, there are some sentences that I wrote that I was like, this is grammatically like pristine, but mm-hmm. it's not like the voice isn't as consistent, at least from what I can see. And obviously I feel like I definitely cut myself short. Like I could have made this scene longer. And I think now I would have, but at the time I was still like getting used to a collaborative writing process and like self-conscious about writing and like that kind of thing. And so like now I'm like, I'd be like, I definitely want to write the, another upcoming scene that I don't want to reveal, but I'm like, it is an interesting process. (laughs) But going back to what you were saying, I really love that. Like we can kind of like be like, we're the same people. And I think that like we're engaging in like two very different stories, but Mm -hmm. there is like, clearly you can tell that we are still upset or put off by the same things. It's just here where like, like we were saying in the beginning of the episode, we were like putting a magnifying, bringing a magnifying glass to them. Whereas in the other one, we're like, fuck it. We're just going to redo it. Yeah. Yeah, Just for context. Where we're at now. Just for context for what Tanya was saying, there's a big hole in the middle of this novella that yeah. there's like a, a comment on the Google Doc, like, Tanya, you're, this is for you to write. And then we just forgot for three years. Yeah. So Tanya is going to attempt to plug that hole. That, that's what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah, I'll plug that hole. Plug it up. <laughs> this was yeah. so great. Yeah. yeah. Everyone follow us on socials. Yes. And email yes. us. There, oh. we, have a, we have a link tree. So if you just look at the bio, like the description of our podcast, Everything's there. We don't need to list all our socials. And we will be posting uh, Tanya's little sketch of the story, plus oh, yeah? the character bios and their images. Hot, hot, hot. They're they are very attractive people. So that'll be fun. Yeah. Get excited. Lots okay. of content. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I hear my baby crying, so I should probably get okay. going. Okay. Okay. This was so great. Yeah. yeah this was your baby. Mm-hmm. I will. Give her a hug for me. Show her our pictures. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Play some of this audio for her so that she can get used to our voices. Nope. Nope. Not this audio. (laughs) Uh, Never. Unwind.